Welcome to Delivering More Together, the podcast brought to you by the Department of Veterans Affairs, VHA Innovation Ecosystem. I'm Bryn Cole. Now, if your first thought is that a podcast hosted by the federal government sounds like a total snooze fest, I challenge you to stay for a listen and let us change your mind. Here, we'll open your eyes, well, ears, to the groundbreaking innovation underway at VHA and how through innovation and collaboration, VHA is exceeding expectations, restoring hope, and building trust within the veteran community. Today's episode features an interview with Dr. Shannon Monroe and Blake Henderson, highlighting how innovation does not always mean new technology or new tools. Dr. Monroe highlights how her team developed Project Happen and how the Diffusion of Excellence team helped expand this life-saving effort throughout VHA. Hi, I am Allison M. Ryan, and I will be your host for the Delivering More Together podcast. Um, I am the Director of Operations for the VHA Innovators Network, but I am joined here uh, for this episode uh, with some of my Diffusion of Excellence colleagues and Diffusion champions. Um, Blake Henderson, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself and talk about, um, you know, who you are, where you're from, your life story? Sure. Hi. Hi, my name is Blake Henderson. I'm director of the Diffusion of Excellence program within the Veterans Healthcare Administration, and I'm based here in Washington, D.C. Awesome. Um, and we also have uh, Shannon Rowe. And Shannon, I believe you're in Salem, correct? Um, would you like to introduce yourself and, and tell us, um, you know, where, where you're from, where you work, your, uh, you know, your, your role? Thanks, Allison, and, and thank you, Blake, for this opportunity. This is Shannon Monroe. I'm a nurse researcher at the Salem, Virginia VA Medical Center. And I'm Excellent. the lead for the... Go ahead, Shannon. You were going to say you're the lead for... I'm the lead, I'm the lead for the uh, HAPPEN implementation uh, for the VA and HAPPEN stands yeah. for Hospital-Acquired Pneumonia Prevention by Engaging Nurses. Excellent. And that's what we're going to talk about uh, on the podcast uh, this episode is um, Project HAPPEN. So, um, Shannon, tell us a little bit about um, Project HAPPEN, and then I'll, uh, I'll ask Blake to tell us a little bit about how uh, Diffusion of Excellence got involved. But tell us what uh, Project HAPPEN is. Great. Thank you. HAPPEN stands for Hospital Acquired Pneumonia Prevention by Engaging Nurses, and we're engaging our nurses and nursing assistants to provide oral hygiene for our hospitalized veterans and long-term care residents to help prevent pneumonia. We started that at the Salem, Virginia VA on the long-term care unit. Uh, we call those of community living centers or CLC units, and they had great success, and that led us to roll out the intervention on the medical surgical units and then spread out to all the hospitals in Vision 6, and now we're working with 75 VA hospitals across the nation. 
So when you say oral oral care, you you mean brushing their teeth? That's right. We're talking about um, removing dentures at night and making sure they're clean. Uh, for patients who have teeth, um, they receive assistance with their oral care at least twice a day. We want to have um, we want our patients to have excellent oral hygiene to prevent all of the problems that come with poor uh, oral care, like um, having sore gums and not wanting to eat and uh, having a decreased quality of life. We've also found that having poor oral hygiene leads to hospital-acquired pneumonia. And so it's very simple for us to help our patients take care of that by just handing them a toothbrush and reminding them to take care of that. Um, Blake, how um, did you get involved and how is um, Diffusion of Excellence, first of all, maybe uh, let the listeners know a little bit more about Diffusion of Excellence and what it does and then how you got involved uh, with Happen and with Shannon. Sure. Thanks, Allison. Uh, a lot of folks don't know that VA runs the largest integrated healthcare system in the U.S. with about 170 hospitals and over 1,000 um, outpatient clinics. And so with an organization as big as ours, we need mechanisms to identify the best emerging uh, promising practices in, in clinical and operational uh, service delivery. Uh, and so our organization helps identify emerging pr uh, practices as part of our, our Shark Tank competition. Uh, and then we replicate those practices systematically at other facilities. Uh, and then finally, we scale nationally those practices that, that um, show a really outstanding impact and the potential to improve the well-being of, of veterans. So that's the diffusion of excellence in a nutshell. Uh, and in terms of, uh, in terms of our role with uh, the diffusion of excellence's role with Happen, uh, I've, I did not think uh, toothbrushing could be exciting until I met Dr. Monroe. Uh, so it's interacting with her has really just comple completely been eye-opening in terms of the, the role of good oral care in, uh, in health in general, uh, but especially when you're in the hospital. Um, for example, I didn't understand that uh, oral care has you know, really become part of the standard of care for ventilated patients, um, but, but it's not really part of the standard of care at all for patients who are not on the ventilator. And oftentimes when you're in the hospital, um, brushing your teeth is, is not perhaps one of the things you, you pay uh, close attention to. And so what's impressed us about Dr. Monroe is she was able to link the science behind um, prevention of, of pneumonia for ventilated patients and bridge it over to prevention of pneumonia in non-ventilated patients, which is a, a very large patient group. Um, and we're finding that it, it um, saves, it, it prevents pneumonia in a great number of cases and eventually uh, ends up saving a lot of lives. Um, and so perhaps, uh, you know, Shannon, you can talk a little bit more about um, the results you've been seeing. Thank you, Blake. We've, we've been focusing on uh, one hospital at a time and one unit at a time and then one veteran at a time. We've been really uh, working hard to improve patient safety as well as um, the quality of life of our veterans through this initiative. So I was, it's been really a thrill for me to bring the research down to the patient at the bedside 
we have found that oral care, just like we've seen in the literature, decreases the risk of hospital acquired pneumonia by 40 to 60%. Uh, so within the units that we've uh, measured outcomes on so far as of August of 2020, we have 256 units involved. They're all different kinds of units in the hospital, medical, surgical, spinal cord injury, inpatient mental health, long-term care, all kinds of different units. And they've all had um, pretty consistent results that they've cut their rate of non-ventilator associated hospital acquired pneumonia in half. Uh, so yes, we have saved lives and saved a lot of healthcare dollars as well. And we've gotten our veterans home sooner to their families. That's the most important thing for us is keeping our veterans safe and getting them home as quickly as possible to the folks that love them. Uh, that's quite an impact. Um, that number of, of veterans, um, you know, being being changed, being touched by by one uh, one program, one one practice, and because uh, of brushing their teeth. So, how does it? Um, how does happen actually work? How do you? Um, how do you go about it? What's the the implementation method for uh, getting happen to happen? if you will, uh, <laughs> at a medical center or in a unit. That was a no pun intended, a terrible, oh. terrible joke, but there wasn't any other word. I was going to say implemented, use, but how does it happen? There you go. We use that pun a lot. Uh, I like that pun. Um, we know that only half of evidence-based practice ever reaches clinical application and directly impacts our patients. And we know that nurses have a knack for creating creative ways to get the work done and solve tough problems. So we really boiled it down to its essence. We know that the oral biofilm that's on the teeth, those germs that are stuck on the teeth, um, can be aspirated or swallowed into the lungs while patients sleep. So if we keep those teeth and those dentures clean, we reduce their risk of developing hospital-acquired pneumonia. And we wanted to focus on what was the problem, which is getting rid of that biofilm, reducing the germs in the mouth. And we knew the people that could solve this was the nurses and the nursing assistants working together because they provide most of the direct patient care. So we have a pretty consistent implementation process. We developed a VA oral care implementation toolkit, um, which is pretty lengthy. It goes through all of the steps that a hospital would need to implement the practice. So we have materials that can be adapted, but they're also offer some standardization across the system. So they can just go through the toolkit step by step and we've shared it with um, civilian hospitals as well have used this materials that we've developed. So we have staff education in there, patient education. We have all kinds of materials like a charter, standard operating procedures, um, examples of materials that they can use at their own hospital and put their own VA hospital name on it and um, adjust things to, to make it work for them. And so we have it all laid out really clearly 
and that most hospitals could take this and do this by themselves. Um, but what we offer is a lot of extra support to each site. So uh, we hold a lot of conference calls where we talk to the different members of the team and find out what kinds of things are getting in the way of being successful and um, just walking through a data submission process and making sure that they understand what is expected of them. And after um, probably a year or so for most sites, it's pretty ingrained and we considered it standard of practice because uh, staff don't need to be reminded about the importance of it after a certain amount of time has passed. So we're seeing that again and again, and, and when they see success, it reinforces their efforts. So the staff are, are tracking those cases and seeing what their improvement is and sharing that with their leadership at their facility, and that whole process just reinforces it. Um, we make sure that the nurses and the other team members are praised and recognized for their efforts, and we have involved lots of experts in the field, and those are and folks that are at the bedside. That includes nursing and medicine and dental, speech and language pathology, infection control, quality management, um, the people who are in health informatics, the people who work on our electronic medical record. There's so many people that we just can't really list them all, but um, we have a lot of people who are involved in the implementation process and it's, it's a science that's not done in isolation. And that's um, a, a great segue uh, relating to our, our theme and the uh, title and uh, of this podcast, Delivering More Together. Um, Blake, having worked in, in this field of diffusion and innovation uh, for a while, and, and for, for both of you to share your point that only half of evidence-based research goes into practice, um, Blake and Shannon, why do you think that is? What what makes it difficult to implement a promising practice and make it stick? Uh, I'll take a swipe at this. I think probably the biggest impediment is just how incredibly busy folks are in healthcare, just trying to uh, um, satisfy all their existing responsibilities, especially in the case of, of clinicians uh, folks like nurses, uh, doctors, they have so many things that, uh, that they must do. It becomes very difficult for them to make space for any, any new practice or anything uh, newly introduced. Um, and so we do, we do look um, for folks like Dr. Monroe who are somehow able to make the case to their peers, um, you know, through both data and, and qualitative information that uh, allows them somehow to prioritize a new activity like incorporating uh, better oral care um, in the hospital setting. Uh, and so for me, I would, I would simply say it is a matter of, of the existing responsibilities that folks uh, in the healthcare environment already have. Um, but I, I would like to hear Shannon's thoughts as well. Thank you, Blake. I think you've summed that up very well. Interesting. Um, and Shannon, you also said something else that perked my interest before that relates. Um, you talked about barriers. So what what is in the way of being successful? What's getting in the way for, for folks? Why specifically what's happened? Um, you know, what 
why why weren't people a couple questions why weren't people uh brushing their teeth and then um we're relating that to uh maybe the same people that uh might have been hesitant to to bring happen into their their unit and uh and make it successful um what what were your what were your what were the initial barriers and and what were the the additional barriers to to making happen work besides the one you just mentioned I think it's been um, pretty consistent across hospitals all over the United States, not just VA hospitals, but common barriers are just like Blake said, um, staff are really busy and they have to prioritize care. And so oral care ends up very low on the list of priorities. Yeah, I, so I guess uh, I'm familiar with what's happened and I honestly, I never really thought about it. I've never been uh, in the hospital um, other than for, you know, nothing like a surgical procedure or anything was, you know, me getting strapped into all those machines to stay in bed. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a very, very true point. It seems very simple, but if you think about it, um, a lot of veterans, I, I imagine, are uh, at, at the hospital alone or, as you mentioned, um, it kicked off in a community living center, so they might uh, have some cognitive impairment, et cetera. So um, I actually really love when it's the, it's the little things um, and maybe the, the simple things on the, on the outside that are a lot more impactful. Um, on the inside. So um, the inevitable question is uh, at this time period in 2020, uh, what's the, what's the impact from COVID-19? What have you um, experienced in this very unique time? That's a great question, Allison. Uh, We really don't know the impact of oral hygiene on COVID-19 at this point. But it seems quite logical that um, keeping the mouth clean would eliminate a reservoir for for carrying that virus. One in seven patients who develop COVID will develop a secondary bacterial pneumonia. So it behooves us to be very vigilant uh, with their oral hygiene, regardless of, of what illness that they, they come into the hospital with. Uh, Allison, I'm, I'm also glad you went there, uh, referring to coronavirus because it's, it's really hard to have a conversation in 2020, uh, without talking about COVID. Uh, but for us, um, we experienced, uh, beginning in late February, we had to put most of our national implementation efforts, uh, on hold for about 60 to 90 days as folks across the, the organization nationally try to figure out what uh, coronavirus is going to, going to mean. Um, fortunately now, uh, you know, after that initial phase, um, most of our, our national implementation efforts have come online and, and some have even um, kind of gained steam as a result. Uh, for example, we have one practice uh, which involves uh, video blood pressure visits uh, which keeps the veteran out of the hospital and allows them to get their blood pressure taken from the comfort of their home or, or wherever. 
Uh, and it has actually increased by about uh, 900% uh, since February in terms of, of the number of actual interactions with veterans. And we're seeing a lot of demand um, from health hospitals for this tooling. Um, so fortunately, everything is still quite relevant, um, but it did absolutely disrupt our rhythm for 60 to 90 days. Um, but I think I've been kind of most impressed with just how resilient our, our workforce is and our employees and how much they care and, uh, you know, are able to come back to, to some of these extra things like, like happen or video blood pressure visits to try to try to make uh, healthcare better for veterans. I agree, Blake. The, power and the passion of um, VA employees, VHA employees uh, for, for veterans, the veterans they take care of is always amazed me. Um, and I'm gonna, I know that, that you both have been working with a lot of external partners, specifically with what's happened. So uh, in the, the vein of delivering more together, uh, can you talk a little bit about that work and, and what you've been doing um, with, I believe, CDC, Joint Commission, all, all these groups to make things, uh, they're just the happen puns are so easy to make things happen. So I, I can kind of kick things off um, by talking about that. Um, it, it actually began um, maybe about nine months ago. Um, Shannon would continuously send me updates on what other organizations were doing to promote um, prevention of, of non-ventilator hospital-acquired pneumonia. You know, the CDC is interested in looking at this, you know, such and such new research came out. And so finally, I was, I was just like, Shannon, all right, thanks for all this information. But do these people talk to one another? And, you know, and if not, you know, might we get them all in the same room together? And, and could that be interesting? And, you know, she said, yes, they are. They are talking with one another, but it's not really in an organized um, fashion all the time. And so we at that point in, in time, decided to organize a, a one-day uh, in-person think tank event uh, back in January, and we had um, members from a variety of healthcare organizations come in and share the work they were doing um, on NVHAP prevention. Um, so that that was kind of the starting point from my point of view. Um, Shannon, what would you? Uh, how would you describe it? Thanks, Blake. I, I think that whole process just evolved um, as we were communicating with one-on-one -on -one phone calls, lots of emails back and forth, just talking about uh, what's been done and what needed to be done and what were the next steps. So I'm delighted to be working with national experts on a research agenda for the nation as well as a national policy and an implementation plan that may include a national campaign on, on non-vent hospital-acquired pneumonia prevention. There are many ways to prevent hospital-acquired pneumonia, but oral care is one of the easiest. Um, and on units where patients are able to take care of themselves, it really is a no-brainer to make sure that they get the supplies that they need and that they get a reminder to be able to uh, to brush their teeth before they go to bed, and again in the morning, at a minimum, twice a day. So it's I love really, it. it's, um, it's a, yeah, go ahead, Shay. 
No, I was just going to say that it's um, been one of the thrills of my career to, to sit down with the specialists from the CDC and Joint Commission and um, HSRD and um, many, many experts, as well as some of our um, industry partners like Johnson & Johnson. Lovely to see what they're doing and, um, and work together. I do want to add, um, while we're talking about external partners, I also want to add that we've had a really amazing uh, partner in the VHA Office of Nursing Services uh, and folks like Dr. Sheila Sullivan uh, and others. Uh, we really, this would not be possible to scale nationally with that, without their support of really integrating this into uh, nursing standards of care. Uh, so I just wanted to make that, that acknowledgement as well. Thanks, Blake. I always appreciate a good a good plug, a good thank you. Um, <laughs> exactly. No, no problem. Uh, that's very exciting. I can see how that would be uh, a huge a huge boost uh, in in one's career and um, just fantastic uh, and well deserved. I'm gonna. You know, unless I would love to talk more about that or hear more about that, if there's anything else that that you have to add or any timelines or dates or anywhere we can look, uh, you know, for information about that that might be coming up. Um, otherwise, uh, I'll move on in topics. But do you know any uh, any timeline or anything uh, for next steps with that that group, Jim? The, the group is working towards um, several goals and we hope to have those accomplished or well on their way by January of 2021. So our, our goal is to, uh, we'll have to see where we are then. No, I didn't, I don't want to like pigeonhole you into a date. I don't want to like... No, 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 no. We are just, <laughs> that is, that's so exciting. <laughs> but January 2021 for any milestone sounds good to me. So um, I think that's everyone's general life milestone actually is January uh, 2021. Get, get to January. <laughs> get to January. Eyes on the prize. Don't know if it'll be any better, but you know what? We're going to go for it. Um, so shifting gears into uh, an event that I know you are both experienced with, um, the BHA Innovation Experience is coming up again in October of 2020. This year, it is an entirely virtual event, um, October 27th or 29th. And, and again, it is in line with the theme of, of this podcast, delivering more together, because as you have um, very clearly um, spoken of, everything that we do uh, supporting promising and best practices, innovation, um, it, it's all done with the help of a community. So um, you both have been, tell, tell us, Tell me a little bit, tell uh, listeners about the innovation experience from your perspective.
this is this is Blake. I um, from my perspective, the VHA innovation experience is just like a a three day uh, revival of uh, <laughs> just uh, a lot of great innovators coming together and celebrating each other's work uh, and creating strengthening networks that you know in some ways we already have, but also creating a lot of of new connections as well. Um, and so for me, uh, this will be my, I think third one coming up. Um, it's just an exciting three days and it, it celebrates so much about, um, what makes veterans affairs great. Um, so that's me. Thanks Blake. I, I also felt the same excitement when I saw all of the people who were in the room when I was there from all different disciplines. They all had such wonderful creative ideas and um, you really, you can't make improvements if you don't talk to the people who are doing the work. So these were all of our worker bees out there who were there at the bedside, who were clinicians, who were seeing patients, um, who were who knew how to improve things within VA because they saw those types of things firsthand. Um, what I really regret is that I didn't save all of the outtakes from my initial video that I had to submit. Uh, I had so many funny things happen while I was in a conference room recording myself with my camera on a tripod. And um, I had my, the American flag that was behind me fell down one during one of the times I was recording. It was quite comical, and I wish I'd saved all those. It would be funny to watch them now. Um, but that was the first step for me was recording that video and sending it in. And um, being one of the finalists was really amazing from so many different ideas. And then this year, I had the opportunity to review several of the um, applications for this year's contestants. So um, it's wonderful to see it come around. And Shannon, you're you're talking about uh, Shark Tank, which we do I am. I'm at Shark Innovation Tank. Experience um, Live. Actually, I don't know how how's it going to work this year, Blake. Is it like a hybrid? Of, so it's going to be this year's Shark Tank competition, uh, which. Uh, will be open to the public, um, which is you can get on and you can listen to some of the pitches and uh, vote. Um, it's going to be fully virtual, uh, and we're going to have uh, some uh, medical center sharks on as well, uh, asking questions and, and bidding resources uh, to bring some of the finalist practices to their facility. Uh, there'll also be some crowd voting, so you can get involved as well. Uh, so we would love for you to to join us for the Shark Tank competition. Excellent. Um, before we before we wrap up, um, I'd like to hear you know from each of you about how, and you both have touched upon this about how delivering more together and innovation go hand in hand through your um, personal and professional experiences within VA in this, in this world, um, just as your, your final, your, your final word and anything else that you might want to add. 
Sharon, you can go first. It's been wonderful to be a part of this group of nurses and nursing assistants and dental professionals and, and all of the people who are working together to make this successful. We couldn't do it without so many of our partners. We have our, our uh, dentists and dental hygienists and dental assistants who are going on the floors and helping to teach the nursing staff about complicated patients that they might run into who need a little extra assistance with oral hygiene. Um, they may do some extra teaching about dental implants, which are brand new, um, this type of thing. So it's, it's really been lovely to see folks come together and treat the patient as a whole. Uh, the mouth is not any, a separate, um, it's not separate from the body. So we need to treat it like it's part of the patient that we take care of everything else for. We're listening to their lungs. We're listening to their heart. We're checking their legs for swelling. Um, but sometimes patients don't have their mouths checked. They, we don't check to make sure that their teeth are in good shape. So um, oral care is a high priority for us within the VA. We, we want to prevent pneumonia. We want our patients to live long and healthy lives and have good quality of life as well. I hope that answered your question. It absolutely did with an exceptionally um, passionate answer. You can definitely tell that, that you care about your veteran patients. So we appreciate that. Um, Blake, how'd you like to, to sum up uh, your thoughts? Sure. The happen practice is definitely emblematic of um, how we can deliver more together. I think ever since it started under Dr. Monroe, um, you know, several years ago, it's really been about just accruing, accruing allies and converting people to the cause, uh, which uh, Shannon has done extremely well uh, from a grassroots standpoint of, of educating and um, encouraging and motivating her, her peers um, in, in the nursing realm uh, and otherwise. And then, you know, we've just continued to grow that momentum with her to gaining uh, allies and partnerships with our, our Office of Nursing Services. And now even externally uh, with groups like uh, CDC and Joint Commission and, and other healthcare systems. So uh, I can tell you that that, uh, that phrase is absolutely true in terms of happen and its trajectory. And, and we're super excited uh, about where it's gonna go in the future. I want to thank you both so much for your time and um, hopefully we will see and, and hear from you both during the innovation experience this year. Uh, thank you so much again. Thank you, Allison. Thank you very much. That's it for this episode. Thank you for listening, and be sure to register for the VHA Innovation Experience this October 27th through 29th. If you like this podcast episode, hit the subscribe button. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, essentially any podcasting app known to phone, computer, tablet, or woman. For more stories on veteran and veteran benefits, check our website, va.gov forward slash innovation dash ecosystem. And follow the VA on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and RallyPoint. 
No matter the social media, you can always find us with a blue check mark. And as always, the Department of Veterans Affairs does not endorse or officially sanction any entities that may be discussed in this podcast, nor any media products or services they may provide. And we'll see you right here next time. Thanks for listening.